This is an exclusive presentation from Federated Media, Unholstered. Welcome back. It's time here for Unholstered. Hopefully you're having a fantastic weekend. My name is Kayla Blakesley, and I'm just one of your hosts here on the show. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. I am your other host of this show, and welcome back to Unholstered. Sophia, I got to say, I mean, no pressure for our guest in the studio right now, but right? I got to say, uh, last weekend's show here on Unholstered um, just might have been one of my favorites. Uh, we talked a lot about the flock system, and going into it, I was kind of one of those people who thought that this system could be a little bit invasive, maybe even teetering on a little bit of a, a big brother kind of uh, vibe. But after hearing about it and and having Sheriff Holiday walk us through this this Wells County kidnapping and how they were able to recover this this little eleven year old girl, I'm like both hands are up for it. I'm in flock <laughs> system away. Um, but I would really encourage folks who didn't hear it, maybe they missed it or only a portion of it, to go download the Unholstered podcast. I mean, anywhere you download a podcast, you can find us Unholstered and just listen to that latest episode because it was riveting. I was on the edge of my chair the entire time. He did fabulous and just chronologically telling the story, and you could see the passion and hear the passion in his voice, hear the passion he had for his people, his job, and his community. So it was just really nice. I loved it too. It was one of my favorites. Um, but we're going to piggyback off of that one and come right into this week. At the the very end, he told the story about the kidnapping, and we, we talked a little bit about was this a larger part of a human trafficking ring? What is human trafficking? Those kinds of things. And we've touched on this before with some other guests we've had. I think we did a show on it, um, just you and I. But I wanted to bring someone in who had a little bit more expertise than, than I did. And um, we originally had a, a separate detective coming in here, Detective Sarah, but she got called into court. Uh, she told me yesterday. So she said, I work with someone, though, and I had no idea we had two people doing this. So she's like, I can give you Detective Ray. And I'm like, OK. Um, so I will let her introduce herself right now. Hi, I am Ray Jackson, and I am a detective with the Fort Wayne Police Department. So I am so excited that you're here, Ray. As Sophia mentioned, we've kind of touched on this before, but I actually left last weekend's episode, and at least I got to thinking in, in the where I work and what I do in local media, I find myself, I'm guilty of this, of using the words, you know, human trafficking, sex trafficking, child sex trafficking. I use all of that terminology interchangeably. Um, and I really got to thinking about that after our episode last weekend because we kept referring to it as human trafficking, but it was an 11-year-old girl that was involved. And so, Ray, I'm so glad you're here because I want to start at an easy place here and get us all on the same page. Is there a difference between those those three things I just mentioned or are they all one and the same? So the, the definition, I guess, the whole, um, as I would put human trafficking over the top of the three, at its core, its definition would be the use of force, fraud, or coercion um, to get another person to provide um, labor or sex for something of value. So typically people think monetary value, um, but it could be drugs, it could be goods, um, and it could be, I mean, it can really be anything that is seen as a value that someone is trading. Um, so then under that, I guess you would have the sex trafficking and the labor trafficking. Um, where someone is being forced to work, um, typically under the guise of that per the person that brought them here, as, you know, if they're an undocu undocumented person, um, keeping their documents and things like that. And then the sex trafficking side, obviously, there is the sexual act portion. Um, and then within the sexual act portion, you have child trafficking, and it could be 
child labor trafficking or it could be child sex trafficking. Almost Makes like sense. indentured servitude. Yeah. Like we used to have like, hey, I'll bring you over here. It's going to cost you this much. You can work it off. But the problem is, is like they never can work it off. Right. It always right. comes back. That, well, now you owe me because you've been staying here and I've been paying for your room and board and I've been paying for this and that. So it's almost like your whole life then is just servitude for whatever, if it's labor or if it's sex. So you are a detective with what Vice Narcotics, right, Ray? Yes. So then what is your role when it comes to human trafficking? What do you do? Um, <laughs> kind of depends. Um, a lot of times these aren't, these victims aren't people that come forward and they're like, hey, I'm a victim of this. A lot of times they don't even know that they are a victim uh, because, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but typically, you know, if you've seen the movie Taken, mm-hmm. right, with Liam Neeson, it looks like, and I think what our culture as a whole sees it as is, you know, some younger girl could be boy um, is kidnapped and then they are chained up or locked away and then they are sold to maybe the highest bidder or something like that. Um, That's how I, I don't know. That's almost how I interpret it and think of it. Is that not really the usual typical situation? I would say it's possible. Um, You know, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but the typical situation would be more of like, um, there's so many (laughs) different ways it can go but uh the main one that would probably be uh what i would call uh pimp trafficking Mm -hmm. um which is where you have you know someone who's in control of you um in uh, many facet many different ways i guess you would say and sometimes it's a boyfriend relationship starts out as hey you know we love each other i want you to do this for me it would really help me out or maybe they did something for them as you know as your boyfriend I've been feeding you I've been you know kind of like what she said with the um, indentured servitude you know and so then you just do it this one time or maybe it's made to not seem like a big deal like you you don't have to have sex um, or anything like that but you know maybe just meet with them it's just gonna be a date Mm -hmm. escort type of thing when in reality it's been set up to be something else Wow I mean, does that happen around here a lot? Absolutely. More than we know. Like you said, these victims don't come forward. They're not, they, they don't see themselves as victims because most of the time these, these people prey on people who have family lives that are chaotic, whose parents are not involved, who don't feel loved, who don't feel appreciated. And then it's almost like a gang situation where they'll gravitate to some sort of family because we all want connection. Mm-hmm. And if they can't get connection with their family, they'll get connection with this group of individuals. And it doesn't matter what they do to them. It's almost like the whole battered woman syndrome, right? It doesn't matter what you do to me. I f- you, you love me. And yeah. this is what I want. This is the love. I'm craving the connection I'm craving. But in the meantime, they're being used and sold and sex slaved out. And, you know, and, and people like Ray go in when, when these rings are caught or we catch something going on. They'll go in and they talk to these victims and really kind of make that connection with them to get more details. Because some of these victims, they just don't see themselves as victims and they don't want to cooperate in any kind of prosecution. So then how do you all learn about these uh, situations then? I mean, if, if you just said it, victims very seldom ever come forward. Maybe they don't even know that they are a victim. So how is it that you're receiving, I don't know if we call them tips into this occurring? Sometimes it's a tip um, where somebody says, you know, there's this younger girl with this man or there's something odd going Mm. on here at maybe a hotel. There's a lot of traffic. Um, But if they're not willing to speak to you, it's really difficult. Right. But also then, you know, it can be other crimes where maybe they there was a theft or maybe a robbery or something that happens and then more comes out, Mm -hmm. you know, um, where 
maybe something odd is going on and you ask those questions of, okay, what's been going on? And then you start to, you know, put the put pieces, pieces together. together yeah. Right, right. A lot of times it's phones. You know, when we get into phones, um, you can see a lot of the conversations and it makes sense. Advertisements, um, the way that they are advertised, uh, you can look them up that way too. I mean, there's just, I hate to say that there's so many ways, but there really are so many ways of how um, you can find out. And then digging deeper, you know, being able to build a rapport with someone who's a victim or maybe even a witness originally, and then talking to them and understanding, you know, that, hey, there's something odd going on yeah. here, if that makes sense. And re it's really about gaining their trust. Uh, most of the time, these victims um, have been the a victim prior to of abuse, especially sexual abuse. Um, could be abuse um, in the home. It could be addictions, whether it's them or their family. Now, I, I don't want to say that this only knows one, you know, socioeconomic um, class, mm -hmm. you know, it, it can touch all classes. Yeah. However, I would say that people who um, are impoverished are at a higher risk. Again, not to say that because you are in a higher class, that can't happen. It absolutely can. Like when she talked about the connection, you know, with your family, if you don't feel accepted by your family, you're going to seek that love elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, Around the Fort Wayne area, do you primarily see, I mean, women being trafficked or or do you see a lot of men? Do you see a lot of children? Uh, I would say primarily women. But when I say women, I mean that term to include uh, juveniles, what I would call children. Oh, so so females. Absolutely. Just in general, absolutely. females. Now, men absolutely can be trafficked, um, especially teenage boys. Um, however, you know, you throw in that we don't want to be, you know, people don't want to be victims anyway. Sure, you really don't want to probably, yeah. Right, right. And I, and I think because, again, we put in that taken mentality of this is what trafficking is. I'm not a victim of that. You know, I'm not chained up. Um, and then you throw in the masculinity portion. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to be a victim. Who wants to come forward? That's very shameful and embarrassing. So very possible. But what we see more of is definitely um, teenage girls and probably 20-somethings women. So let's say you go in, you do get a tip, and you, and you connect with one of these victims. Um, what happens next? <laughs> a lot of things happen. Yeah. Uh, it kind of depends on um, where they've been, who they've been involved with. Sometimes they have multiple traffickers, and it kind of depends on the type of trafficking. Um, again, I would say the most that we see would be the pimp-controlled trafficking, but it's speaking with the victims, getting their story, and then kind of uh, corroborating what they've told you. So putting those pieces together of, you know, getting phones, maybe looking through their phone, seeing who they've dealt with, identifying that person. Um, and then, you know, technology is so huge today um, and trying to put those pieces together digitally. When does it reach like ring status? Because again, Sophia, that was something we brought up last week uh, with the story that we were talking about. I mentioned, hey, is this part of a bigger ring? Details were, are still being investigated in that particular scenario. but. At what point is it labeled a ring? I I haven't seen a ring yeah. for what I would call a ring around here. Um, again, not to say that they don't exist. Yeah. Um, I would say when you have multiple traffickers that are controlling those people, I don't know that there's a specific number that gotcha. makes it a ring or not a ring. Uh, however, we do know that there can be several people and have seen it where there are several people involved. You know, there's one person that's maybe setting up the advertisements. Maybe there's one person that's maybe driving them there. Oh, wow. I see. Okay. Um, you know, somebody taking the money. It just depends on 
It can be one person. It can be multiple. And I think that probably would be something more that the federal feds would focus on more. We're kind of like the lower level kind of first couple steps. Mm -hmm. But those larger rings are part of international organizations, those kinds of things. Those would have to come from the federal level. And they do they do go after them. They do seek them. We can see, you know, with the with the open border that we have, we know that there's human trafficking both for labor and for sex. So we know that there are obviously rings that are set up on one side of the border to the other side mm -hmm. of the border and they communicate. But these are just vast, um, almost like, like a tunnel system, um, in my opinion, like a subway system. They're just, they branch off into so many different directions that it's really hard to track that down. And we certainly do not have the resources to do that. We do work with federal agencies. We do have uh, TFOs, uh, who partner with the federal agencies or are officers, but they're loaned out to the federal government mm. like in a task force mm -hmm. kind of way. So we do have those and, they, and then our department works with them because wherever you see this trafficking, you're seeing drugs, you're probably seeing guns, you're seeing a lot of other things too. And that's why it's really taken away from our detective bureau and hit into vice narcotics because they handle all of that kind of thing too. And they have contacts and informants and all those kinds of things that, that really give us information to track these people down in a manner in which we can because we only have a couple of people working these cases because we, there's just so much. Is there there's only so two within the Fort Wayne PD? Because I know you mentioned Sarah and yourself, Ray. Is there? Are you guys right. it? We aren't the only ones that can work it. I okay. know that there have been other detectives that, like I you know, earlier said, you know, it starts as maybe a... Maybe it starts as a molestation mm -hmm. or something like that. And then as you dig deeper, it comes out that it is trafficking. Maybe it's, you know, that exchange of you're living here. I want you to pay me back type of deal. Mm -hmm. So it can come across other um, detectives' desks, and it just depends on where their investigation takes them. You mentioned the, the southern border, Sophia, just the border in general, I guess. Um, and maybe this is, again, more of, a, more of a federal question, if you will. But ha have we seen an uptick in human trafficking, sex trafficking in general because of the influx uh, at the at the border? I know as I follow the news and I read articles and things that it's not, it, I don't want people to think this is just relegated to the United States. We are a huge consumer of it. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Which it, is sick enormous. in its own. It's sick in its yeah, own right. Yeah. But this is an international problem. Um, th these rings come from all over the world. I mean, I don't know that there's probably any country that is untouched by this. Um, so that really saddens my heart. Mm -hmm. um, well, especially, I believe human trafficking is about to be the number one. It will be the number one money maker. Yeah, it money will overtake drugs. It will overtake yes. arms as the biggest money maker. Because like we said before, you can sell a child over, over and, and over, over and over again, where you only sell the drug just once. Mm -hmm. So um, if anyone has not seen that movie, <laughs> Sound of Freedom, uh, watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's obviously it's it's Hollywood, so it's um, an independent filmmaker, but still it's it's made for sensation. But the underlying premise is correct. These children are taken, especially in these other countries. They don't have policing systems like we do here. They don't have constitutional rights like we do here. So there's lots of times when these kids are taken, there's nobody to help them. There's mm -hmm. no one that's going to help them. And you have these rings just becoming, the more they do it, the more emboldened they get, the bigger they get. And then they bring these children here. They smuggle them across the borders, uh, sometimes right in front of our border patrol because they have passports and stuff like that made up for these kids, fake ones. And so it's just, what, when you see the movie, it's like, oh my God, this is just, it's overwhelming mm -hmm. to think that people could do this. 
Um, but at the same right, when you're working these cases like Ray does and Sarah does, it's like, God, you just... And I, and I want to give a shout out to them because this stuff is very taxing emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's just when I talk about when we talked to um, Sergeant Battershell when he was talking about his CAPS team and how they went after uh, child uh, sexual abuse, child pornography. You know, you got to be very careful with, with the psyche of detectives working these cases because it can be very quickly become over emotional for them because especially if they have young children. Yeah. Um, so you've got to always make sure that they're okay. And that's, you know, because what they see is no one should have to see. Some of these depictions of these children and these pornographic things are awful. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine talking to a victim who's been repeatedly um, pimped out um, and having to hear those stories over and over and over from so many different people. Um, it, this is, but like I said, we have talked about it before. You know, people always talk about defunding the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more police and like who's going to go after these people if you're okay with this there's something wrong with you in my opinion <laughs> same um but we're the ones going after people like this it's the rays of the world the sarahs of the world you know how do you the- do it ray i mean she's right <sighs> i i get taxed just by working in local media just by some of the stories and the details of stories let alone doing what you do it's taxing but i think you really have to look at the end goal right this isn't me, right? And I don't want to make it about me. It, it Seeing the trauma is difficult, but it's not even my trauma. It's mm-hmm. somebody else's trauma. Um, and they're a victim. And if they're willing to talk to me and share their story, even a little bit of their story, and open up to me and trust me with that, one, to me, that is, that's an honor to me mm-hmm. personally, to for someone to share some of the worst things that people can think of in humanity and share those things with me and trust me with that. And then have that drives me to want to go after these people. And if you frame it in that way, it doesn't feel as cumbersome and, you know, like a huge weight on, it is, it does feel like a little bit of a huge weight on your shoulders, don't get me wrong, but um, it it helps that drive. It helps you want to continue to put the work in. Yeah, what a great attitude actually to have about it. Let's say things progress, you you have connected with a victim there in fact is, trafficking going on what kind of charges we're kind of fast forwarding through everything but what kind of charges does let's say a pimp actually face for human trafficking around here um i don't want to give away too many secrets of some things but uh so but basically you know if you are um under the age of 18 you're you're a child um so you it would be child sex trafficking now ages it does break up a little bit more i think with the levels and stuff like that um if it is this is where I want to be careful. Um, if you can show, you know, that someone is definitely being coerced or forced, you know, force can be um, number of things, physical, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, um, lots of things. But um, then that would be the human sex trafficking. Um, there's also the labor trafficking side, which I have personally, I'll be honest, I've not encountered. I know that we have it, but it's not something I've encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you know you can't get quite to that threshold then there is a promotion of prostitution which i personally hate that word wow um right so and i'm it's it is a definitely a lesser penalty um but so those would be the three across the board gotcha. that are typically you know what would be the charges when there's a situation of of human trafficking or child sex trafficking in the area, do they say, let, let's call in a Detective Jackson? Is that how that works sometimes? Or 
Uh, it depends. Uh, we have been called at night. I've had, you know, I've woken up text messages if I didn't turn my ringer on. Yeah. Um, you know, that we encountered this. It may look, you know, it seems like it may be trafficking because maybe it was a young girl that was with this guy. Odd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're from a different city. They've not ended up here in Fort Wayne. So odd. So yeah, it can. It, we can be called. So let's flip flip the script here a little bit because this is kind of a Debbie Downer of a conversation. <laughs> um, not not to you. The Ray. truth is always hard. The truth is hard. The truth is hard. Absolutely. What are we doing here in Fort Wayne? What is the Fort Wayne Police Department doing to to try and prevent this from happening? So, uh, Sarah and I have both gone to uh, different trainings. Uh, I went through Love One Forty Six, which is not a number, um, and uh, Sarah's done. Uh, what would you do? And basically, at the heart of both programs, what it is is teaching our kids, our children, consent. You know what? What is consent? What does well, that wait, look you're like? starting as like you're starting with young children spreading awareness. I was younger, yeah. It, and really, it depends on who reaches out to us and what they want. Wow. I would say middle school, high school. I think middle school for sure okay. is kind of where you start with what's a healthy relationship. What does that look like? Um, because I know some. I've heard as young as. Eight mm. and twelve, mm -mm. um, but so starting with our kids, you know, consent. What is it? Um, healthy relationships, um, making sure that these kids have a support system. You know, what does home look like? If home's not good, do we have a teacher in their lives that can, you know, um, maybe just give them that extra support? Mm -hmm. Support's huge, and I've seen it with my victims. If they don't have a support system, especially if the trafficking has been familial. You know, it is very, very difficult for them to navigate the world, not only because of how they've been raised, <clears throat> excuse me, but also, you know, that, that support system that was there, even if it wasn't the healthiest support system, is now gone. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. This is a community thing. So if you have a group of, of children, or I, I say children because everyone's a child to me, um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a group that you want to put this in front of, and it doesn't matter boy or girl, right? These nope. are, these, yep. what, what's good for girls is good for boys yeah. too, because healthy relationships, you know, doesn't matter, sex doesn't matter. Well, and I want to piggyback off of that too. <clears throat> That's with boys, right? Like anything, if you don't have a demand, then there's not a supply. I mean, you may have a supply, but if there's no demand, right. then there's no one to sell it to. So if we're also teaching boys younger, these healthy relationships and what is okay and isn't okay could help shape whether there's a demand or not. That's a good point. Why, I mean, why is it? I mean, I know that, again, we don't have our magic wand, but like, why is there such a demand? I don't, I just can't even think about it or why we have such a demand. Oh gosh, this could really <laughs> be bad for me. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, at the end of the day, is money it? Is the money, is it just purely money making or are we just that perverse of a society? I think we have gotten progressively worse as social media and what we see on there yeah. it deadens. we've become desensitized we have that's a good point um and i think you know I, I listen to all sorts of podcasts and things and we'll talk about pornography and then people's mm. view of sex when they watch pornography they just become unemotionally attached to it and then it's just a, a feeling and not what it's supposed to mm -hmm. be um, so there's just a whole sorts of psychological things we could talk about and truly go down rabbit holes mm -hmm. here. But I think we've just become just, we've lost our moral compass. 
But you're I, right. I the, the rise of social media and technology and yeah. video games Accessibility. and music. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, younger and younger, I mean, kids with a phone can look up anything in the mm-hmm. pornography world. There's, t- tell me you're 18. Okay. Yes. Are you 18? Yeah. I'm going to click yes. Right. Who's going to check? No right. one's checking. Um, so, so kids have access to all this. They become desensitized. They, they get a skewed view of what relationships are, what sex is. And then they just, it's, it's like always someone's always trying to one-up someone else. Yeah. And what can we do that's more deviant than this one? And um, when we talk about awareness, I mean, there are the programs that, you know, Sarah, that I've talked about, that Sarah, and I do primarily Sarah. Um, but parents, yeah, you know, parents have to be involved. And I know that at a certain point, you want your kids to grow up and be self-sufficient, right? Personally, I don't feel that the internet is the place to give kids privacy that's just my personal same, girlfriend saying um you know you want cell wanting, phones any of it right yeah. right and wanting to respect that uh bark is an app and it runs in the background um and i think it's artificial intelligence that will that parents can put on the phones and it will if there's cyberbullying, if there's uh anything sexual nature things like that it does come at a cost but that they can put on phones and it will alert the parents if these things are occurring on it sounds like a good use of money to it, me. it would right. be. Um, but I think we just keep handing these children, mm-hmm. you know, these phones younger and younger right. and younger. And I, I just I think they are, the phones have taken the place of what the family conversation mm-hmm. should be. Right. Well, they're babysitters. Um, yeah. Lot, and especially like going out and we talked about this and mm-hmm. going out to dinner and you see the whole family on their phones at the dinner table <laughs> at a restaurant. I'm like, Can't you just talk to each I, other? I, I, this just my husband and I went to, to brunch the other day, walked in and there is a, a gentleman sitting with his daughter and she couldn't have been more than four, four or five. He's sitting there on his cell phone playing. It looked like Candy Crush. I mean, some kind of game. And she's sitting there coloring on her her menu, her child's menu. I'm just like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. I, I don't. I didn't get that. And it's not like he was checking a text or an important phone call or what have you. You could physically tell he was playing. And I, I genuinely wanted to walk over. I was like, what are you doing? You're, <laughs> talk to your daughter. Talk to your she's, child. She's craving that conversation. Our boys are craving that connection and that conversation. And and like I said, if they don't get it from you, they will seek it out and find it from someone else. And that may not be a good situation. Really quick, if someone's listening right now, maybe it, it, a slew of things here, Ray, whether it's, hey, I want you to come to my Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA or something of that nature. Uh, to share about this, or if it's someone even who, hey, I am definitely a victim, or I might be a victim of human trafficking. Like, what? How do people get in touch with you, or learn more, or get more information? A couple of different ways. So, with the presentations, um, I've, I've personally tasked Sarah with that. So generous of me uh, <laughs> to be in charge. Don't blame me. And we'll put the phone number to contact her right. in the uh, description on this. Um, Absolutely. Podcast. Absolutely. Well, hey, Ray, I appreciate what you do. I can't even imagine doing what you do, but I'm thankful that you do do, you and Sarah as well, do do what you guys do. If you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, uh, like the one that we were talking about, uh, we've touched on human trafficking before, you can just search for the Unholstered podcast anywhere you can download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Unholstered. Podcasts by Federated Media.